Welcome everyone to season two of Checked In, a podcast sponsored by the Missouri Association of School Librarians, a podcast about school libraries and public libraries and librarians and everything to do with libraries in general. I am Ethan Evans. I am so stoked to be back here to talk to you uh, for another season, a longer season. We're starting here in September. Um, going to have episodes every two weeks, and I am just so excited about the content we're going to be bringing you guys uh, for this year. Um, if you are a new listener, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Um, this podcast focuses on things going on in the library world, specifically uh, for school librarians, and even more specifically sometimes for school librarians in Missouri. However, we do try to address topics um that anybody from anywhere can really kind of relate to as far as libraries go. Um, different things we're going to have coming at you this year. We're going to have discussions uh, on diversity, uh, as we always hope to have more discussions on diversity. We're going to be talking about uh, readers award committees. We're going to be talking about uh, Harry Potter fandom with Shannon Greasehaber in one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done. Uh, we're going to be talking about what to do in the event that there's a book challenge at your school. But first, before we get started today, I wanted to give you guys uh, a little intro into what I'm planning on doing for this school year and uh, some of the things that I'm hoping will go well and some of the things I learned from failures last year. Um, because I feel like as a podcast host um, and as somebody who is constantly trying to get people to chat with me about their libraries on the podcast, I think it's only fair for me to be upfront with everyone about my own library. Um, it's be disingenuous to expect people to uh, be forthright and honest uh, if I'm not able to be. So I wanted to start things off uh, talking a little bit about things I'm planning on doing this year, uh, some ideas I've had, and maybe get some feedback from you guys uh, out there if you think of something that could help me out. Because uh, basically this podcast is a vehicle for me to steal other people's ideas. So that is what I'm all about, and I'm hoping that this will lead into more of that. Um, we also have a discussion with Amy Hertzberg, uh, the new president of Massel, and kind of her vision for the Missouri Association of School Librarians throughout the year. Um, if you're not a part of Massel, let me tell you now that you need to be. Um, and I know that that probably sounds like any person advocating for you know, a professional group that they're a part of. But uh, let me tell you that being a librarian is kind of a lonely thing. Um, and if you have been one for any amount of time, you know this, um, especially in a school where nobody has any idea what you do a lot of the time. Um, they have assumptions about what you do, but they don't truly know what it's like from a minute-to-minute -minute basis. Um, having that professional group um, and the people that I've met through my own, uh, you know, district chapter as well as just across the state has been so huge for me. Um, it's made me a thousand times better at what I do than I could have been on my own. Uh, not to say that I'm, you know, great at what I do, but uh, I feel like whatever little progress I have made, I have made uh, because of the relationships that I've formed through Massel. So uh, if you've, you're kind of on the fence and you haven't been sure about joining that a uh, professional group, uh, talk to, find somebody uh, nearby who's a, a member and talk to them or reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it um, as it's been one of the biggest 
helps in my own professional development in the last five years. So uh, for those of you that are not too familiar with me, um, I am a high school librarian, 9 through 12, up in northwest Missouri. This is my fifth year. I am currently I've started my fifth year uh, as a school librarian. I spent three years as a high school English teacher before that down in South Missouri. Um, and, you know, when I first started as a school librarian, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I went to my job interview hoping I could kind of fake my way through it. Um, I had some ideas and I had some contacts, but I really, the, f- the first day of school when the bell rang, I kind of sat there for a second because uh, I, I wasn't sure um, – what I was even, you know, supposed to be doing at any given time. That's changed, obviously. I've, I've learned a lot and I figured a lot of things out. And now it seems like uh, I never have any downtime because I'm always doing something. Um, but uh, one of the big marks for me each year, one of the things that I, I try to judge myself by or I try, to, I try to force myself to do is to find some big, some big jump with technology that I can make um, each school year. And sometimes it works better than others. Um, it just kind of depends, but I'm, I'm hoping to do that every year and to find a new way to reach kids. Um, you know, and when I say reach kids, I mean that as far, you know, obviously on an academic level, but also on a personal level as well. I think that's important. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to get kids to read, obviously, if you're a librarian, that's one of your passions in life is to get people to read, but um, I'm also just finding, trying to find ways to get teachers and students to engage in the library and to understand that there's more to the library than just the books that we house. Um, It's a very important part, but it's not the only thing that we have to offer. So my first year, um, I tread, I tread, treaded, tread water, treaded water. I don't know what the past tense of that is. I, I stayed afloat in water um, as a metaphor <laughs> for how I got through the year, just trying to figure things out. Uh, my second year, I started doing, uh, I started making book recommendation videos and they started out as 60 second book recommendation videos, which, uh, was fun, <clears throat> but it was also really difficult to fit everything into 60 second videos. And if you know me at all, you know that unfortunately I sometimes like to try to get more elaborate with the things that I'm doing. So they eventually expanded into multi-minute videos um, with acting and scripts and wireless mics and all kinds of things. Um, So I did that my second year and my third year um, and uh, had a good time doing that. Got a lot of really good feedback with that. And it's something that I'd like to do again. Unfortunately, uh, I unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you think about it, uh, I discovered Anchor um, in year, years, well, really at the end of year three, but I didn't start using it a ton until the end of year three and beginning of last year. Um, and I started creating podcasts and talking with my students in book clubs and obviously creating this podcast um, and started utilizing that in the classroom and having that to offer for our kids as well. So started out with kind of movie making, um, visual editing, talking to my kids a lot about that, about how to write scripts, about how to recommend books in a certain amount of time with a, you know, finite amount of words, um, and then moved on to podcasts, which were gaining in popularity and are continue to gain in popularity and, um, just kind of gave them another venue for them to be able to conduct interviews in the field and to be able to engage with people, um, across the country in, um, an easier manner. So, we started using Anchor. If you haven't used Anchor, uh, you should look into it. It is a wonderful app that allows you to podcast with your phone. 
Um, when I started out with it, all I did was utilize my phone to record stuff and then upload it in Anchor, and there it was ready to go. They do all of the formatting, putting things into podcast form for you. It's amazing. Um, you don't have to worry about you know, RSS feeds or hosting or any of that stuff. Um, you just have to upload it, and then it'll upload automatically. Um, once I started, like anything, as I said before, I tend to get elaborate. I started investing in microphones and doing other things, and so you still use anchor to utilize like they're 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 pushing out of the podcast experience but uh i do a lot of uh, different stuff as far as recording goes and i'm expanding even this year so um that being said so i went from video making to podcasting and now this year uh we're going into (laughs) esports which is uh, a really exciting thing but uh it's been hard to explain to people who uh haven't heard about esports before basically uh we're going to be playing video games competitively um, at my school and that you know again you say that to somebody and they blink a couple of times uh, look at you uh but it's a real thing uh esports is projected to be a billion dollar industry this year um people watch uh games online kids are watching games online and um there are scholarships to legitimate universities for esports, um, for specific games. And so being somebody who played a lot of video games and plays a lot of video games, uh, I thought that I would put that out there to my kids as a possibility, um, as something they could do. And they jumped at it, uh, more so than I really anticipated. I think I had, I think I called a meeting and I think I had 30 plus kids, uh, and then that was not even counting some of the eight incoming eighth graders um, last year. And so uh, I, I told a lot of people that it's more people that I've ever had show up for anything uh, as far as a meeting goes in my library. So we're going to be doing that um, and playing around with that. And I think because uh, well, I think down the pipeline, it's going to become a legitimate uh I don't want to say it's going to become a legitimate sport because I think it's a legitimate thing now, but it's going to become like a recognized sport, uh, you know, in the same sense as basketball or football or, you know, uh, baseball, softball, whatever. Um, I think it's going to become like a sanctioned high school activity. And so I think kids are going to have that opportunity to participate and to represent their school in ways that they haven't before. And that's the biggest thing I think that's important to me about this esports thing is that it's going to reach kids who haven't had a reason to be connected to school um, before. Now, that's not to say that people who are athletes don't play video games or people who are in speech and debate don't play video games. People who are connected to school don't play video games. But I think that a lot of the time that video games reaches a lot of kids who aren't as connected to school, um, and this is a way to connect them. Um, and by having an esports team, by having a club first, we'll start out as a club, I think, and then evolve into an actual team will have you know some of those expectations that come with being an athlete um, and performing as a representative of the school will obviously transfer to the esports team as well and that opportunity with some kids who haven't had that chance to shine before um, and that's or that sense of belonging I think is going to be hugely important so I'm really excited about that there's a lot of technology issues um, that we're kind of we've kind of been dealing with and just making sure we have everything ready to go but I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks we will uh, we will get started with that and I'll be happy to update people on how that's going um, so yeah those are kind of the things that I am hoping to jump into um, this year 
or that is the big thing that I'm trying to jump into this year as far as uh, school goes. Um, last year, I struggled with our book clubs. I wanted to talk about a struggle as well, something that I'm excited about. And so, like anything, it's the timing of our book clubs. We met during lunchtime, which we have three different lunches in my school, um, which meant that like one lunch had like five or six kids, one lunch had, you know, three or four, one kid, one lunch had like one kid. Uh, so it was kind of hard to meet for discussions. We would meet, I would record our conversations about whatever book they were reading and we would, I would splice them all together and that would kind of be a podcast episode that we would do. And then if a kid had read a gateway book in lieu of taking a test on the gateway book, I would have them, if they wanted to, they could chat with me for five or six minutes about, um, we would record a uh, you know them talking about the book that they read and I would count that as them having read it or whatever um, and we would release that as a, a couple of those together as a podcast episode so uh, just trying to put content out there for people and just to give like I don't know autonomy to those kids uh, who are in book club and who may not think that being in a book club necessarily means much like saying no there's a thing that's out there people are listening to it uh, whether they think they are or not like they're like they're providing something of worth just like any other group or club. Um, and so this year, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I want to, I want to meet all together. Um, but that requires either meeting before school, which is hard for some kids who don't get to school right away, um, because of bus schedules or just, you know, showing up at different times. Um, or after school is difficult because kids are involved in other things. And I understand that and I don't want to penalize them for it. Uh, but I'm just so sick of meetings split up like that. So I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to try and figure it out. But uh, we've got some got some plans for how our book club is going to do. We're going to read some gateways. And also I'm trying to implement a, uh, a lettering system for book club or for reading, um, which I poached from my good friend um, Jesse Menold. She uh, – she sent me her list of what her requirements for trying to have kids letter in book club. And I adjusted it slightly for my own take, but left a lot of it the same because she had done a lot of the hard work. And so we're going to try that, um, and see if that gets kids more interested in reading gateways and in reading, uh, participating in, you know, the, uh, reader selector part of the uh, whole gateway process. So I think it's going to, it's going to provide kids some of that, some of that incentive to do that. So, um, yeah, that's me. That's what I'm doing this year. That's what I'm hoping to build on. And I just want to give you guys a little sense of who I am. Um, before we get started with the season, I'm so excited. So every other Monday we'll have an episode coming at you. Um, they'll, like I said, vary in content. Um, we're really excited about some of the prospects we have coming up. Uh, and I just, uh, hope everybody's getting off to a great year of school and, uh, can't wait to uh, hear what everybody's up to. So without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from Amy Hertzberg, uh, president of Massel. So I get the opportunity to interview Amy Hertzberg today. She was on our podcast last year talking about Project Lit, and I am hoping to ask her a little bit more about that. But more importantly, she is also uh, the president of Massel uh, for the 2019-2020 school year. So we're really excited to have her on today to talk a little bit about the upcoming year. Amy, how are you? Great. 
Awesome. Well, uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe your vision for Massel kind of going into this, uh, this, this school year, the upcoming school year. Well, I think that Missouri is full of amazing librarians and we're already great. And so my vision is just to network more, connect more, um, try to reach out to as many members across the state as we can, increase our membership. We have really great resources, really strong librarians, and I just want to bring us all together and make us stronger overall. Awesome. What are some ways you're hoping to kind of maybe affect change or movement um, in one of those areas? You kind of listed a bunch of different things there. So, Well, my big push is going to be that Desi has just released um, the information about their exemplary library recognition. They're going to start this year. We get to work on it, and next year they're going to push it out and 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 really – spotlight the the great libraries across the state so my main goal for this year is to provide support for all the libraries who we already know they're exemplary but to get them the information the tools they need so we can show desi just how great we are and that mazel's here to support everybody all through that journey this year right and that's something that you can apply for more than once correct like it's yes continuing thing and Desi has, has trainings across the state already set up, and you can go on Maslow's Facebook page to see the different areas that, that that's going to happen. I know in the southwest part of the state, we're partnering with our Southwest um, Professional Development Center, and um, we're going to do a library academy, a three-day academy. And the I believe the second day of that academy, Lisa Scroggs from Desi is going to be our guest to talk about the program. But then after that, we're just going to have some good working time where we can say, you know, I'm not sure about this part. What, and somebody else can say, oh, yeah, well, I do this that covers that. And we can just kind of help each other through that process. So I'm super excited and I hope we can see that happen across the state. All right. Absolutely. Um, what about some just advice or recommendations for librarians starting the new school year, whether that's a new librarian or whether that's a librarian who's been at it for a while now? Uh, what kind of uh, advice do you have for people getting going at the beginning of the year? Well, I know for me, something that took me a lot of years to realize was that I needed to start slow and plan more. I'm someone who likes to jump into things, but if I sit back and make sure I have a plan and, and don't do everything that I plan to do the very first day, but <laughs> which I'm really bad at, but I actually sit back and say, okay, I'm going to do this one thing. And then maybe, you know, next month or next quarter or next semester, I'm going to add this other thing. And that we're just to be purposeful. And that if you do one new th- thing every year, that's great. And yeah. if you go to a professional development and you learn one new thing, then that was successful. And we don't have to do it all, all the time. Yeah, I think that's like the same for me as far as like I've tried to add a new like tech aspect to the library each year um, as far as like availability for students and then for teachers too. But then also I think like what you were saying earlier really resonates with me because I really need to like I get I get ideas and then so many of them all at once and then I end up working on one for a couple minutes and then running over and working on another one for a couple, you know what I mean? And then I end up getting nothing done. And then I get to Um, the end of the school year and I say, Oh, I had all those great ideas and I didn't get them done. Right. Exactly. So I think like narrowing down and actually just working on one and getting something done and then moving on to the next thing would be, be a, a, a big thing for me for sure. So um, speaking of that, like things that you're working on, like what are, what are you trying to do particularly in your library this year? My own personal goal this year 
is to just be very intentional about getting to know my students and my teachers and taking a little time to dig a little deeper in those relationships. People are going through a lot right now. It's crazy times in our world. And in the library, we have this ability to be the listening ear, be somebody just so they know someone who cares about them and maybe connect them with a book that's what they're going through. That's always great. But that's one of my personal goals. I have some new programs. I say do one thing and then I have several new programs this year in my own library. Um, We're going to continue Project Lit and we're going to do it more often. Last year, we did it once a quarter. We're going to pick it up and do it every month this year. And right. I'm also adding a Truman lunch once a month where the kids can bring their lunches into the, into the library and we'll talk about one or two of the Trumans each month and just kind of, we always kick off strong with the Trumans, but I want to keep that going throughout the whole school year. And I hope that lunch will be something that we'll get to do. And yeah. then another program I have, um, this is through a YALSA grant that I was a part of this last year, the future ready with the library grant. Um, we're going to have a new program called Lunch and Learn. And this is where community members come into the library during lunchtime and kids can choose to come in. And these community members, they're not just me lecturing and being like adults that are boring, but they're going to talk about skills or lessons they wish they would have learned in middle school that would have made growing up or becoming a sex- successful adult easier. And I'm really excited about that. We've been working on that since November. And I'm hoping to be able to bring... Um, some more information about this project and just show um, other librarians how it's kind of changed my view of how the community can come into the library and partner on things. Right. That's still something I'm really trying hard to work on is, is more community engagement um, with the kids in my library. Cause I feel like it's so important um, for both, for both sides um, in that regard, you know? And I think people out in the world who aren't in our schools, they see our students, they get a bad rap. The kids do. Yeah. And, I don't know about you, but I have some pretty awesome kids doing pretty awesome things in my school. And if I can show the community that and positive aspects, it just helps everyone. Absolutely. Um, what about, I, I want to go back to the, a little bit what you're talking about, because just to kind of get an update, how did Project Lit go for you um, last year? Can you kind of give us a little recap? Well, that's an example of me starting slow. <laughs> so we did four meetings throughout the whole school year and it went really well. It depended on the book on how successful it was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Ghost Boys was definitely our most popular title. Um, I've been working ways like that to get more copies of the books that we've talked before. That's always the problem. So I'm hoping between Limeades for Learning coming up soon to just keep pumping more copies of those books out. And, and I hope to do every single month. We're also changing it. I did it after school last year. That's always hard with buses and rides. Yeah. And so I'm, my school's pretty strict on their food rules with the federal uh-huh. guidelines. So I can't like have things at lunchtime and provide food. And so we're going to try. And it's also three o'clock is a hard time for community members to come. Sure. And that was the part that was missing for us last year. And I didn't push it very much. I'll be honest. So yeah. this year we're going to start a seven o'clock um, meeting, maybe 7.15, I can't remember. So as the kids arrive at school, they can come in whenever. It's not like you can't come in late. Come in when your bus gets there. That's fine. And I'm hoping right. that'll be easier for some community members to join us before they go start their work day as well. Yeah. What time does your what time does school start for you guys? Um, it starts at 7.55. Okay. But when I get there at 7.15, there are already kids getting off the bus. 
Okay. Well, that's what I'm trying to, I'm just asking, cause I'm trying to think of, I mean, we're not doing project lit currently, but I'm trying to think of ways to even just get more engagement in my <laughs> regular book club. And that's kind of the problem is for us, we have difficulty doing stuff after school. Um, well, and the, the lunchtime option where they bring their own lunch in. I yeah. think that's an interesting option. I've had to sell my administration a little bit on it because they were like, what if 200 kids want to come in your library? Well, 200 kids don't want to come talk about books. I wish yeah. they did, but they really yeah. probably don't. So I think we might do like tickets. And if it gets real popular, we could have more than one day. Um, I think that's going to be a good option too. See, we did it during, we do mine during lunch, but it's not, it, we have three different lunches. Mm-hmm. And so it being split up sometimes is difficult because at least in the last couple of years, I've had like two lunches that have had several kids. And then one lunch you had like one kid, right? <laughs> it's hard to have like book club. You know what I mean? Like the, the kids have been fine with it, but it's just like, I feel like there's a little bit missing. Like there's not as much camaraderie sometimes because when we're meeting, we're not all being together, which kind of sucks. But um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm looking for ways to switch that up too. So, so you guys will be doing that. You guys will be doing that every month and then trying to get community members coming in in the mornings. Yes. We're starting off with the graphic novel, new kid by Jerry Craft. Oh my gosh. Okay. So amazing. I just got yeah. really, I, I got several more copies off first book just this week they have, and I don't know, um, how long this is going to last, but there's a code for Missouri teachers and librarians if you teach in a low-income school that you can get $25 off of an order I was able to get six um six copies of the new kid for a dollar after $25 off so I am set for that I love that book I got to meet Jerry Craft at ALA in in um DC and we were both in tears by the time we got done talking because that book (laughs) has changed me and it's I think every teacher and librarian should read it yeah, that's what uh, I just did an interview with uh, Shannon Greasehaber. She was talking to me about that book, and she said the exact same thing, that she feels like every person should read it. <laughs> so, oh, it's amazing. Um, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to it, for sure. So, um, Speaking of that, you just talked about that book, but uh, is there anything that you read this summer that uh, jumped out at you? you I, I've been kind of a slacker. I traveled a lot in June. We moved in July. We just got finished moving. So I haven't read as much as normal. On the adult side of things, I read Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm currently reading To Catch a Killer. There's a lot of great Truman nominees this year. So I'm excited about those. Awesome. Well, I I think that wraps up all the questions I have for you. Um, Do you have anything else you want to let anybody know or anything? I just want to let people know that we are so blessed in Missouri. We have... Um, even when it doesn't seem like we have a lot of support, we're doing a lot better than a lot of states. And we have great resources within our state. And I can't tell you Missouri is used as a an example or they'll talk about something and say, oh, that person was from Missouri. And it makes me proud to be from our state. And um, I just, if you know somebody that is a librarian and they don't, connect with Mazel, invite them to come because we have so much more in store and we're always adding things like the podcast and webinars that, that give us more resources to our members. And so I just want the more, the merrier. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for dropping by and chatting with us on the first episode as we kind of get things kicked off here. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, uh, and talk with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, Amy, we will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. 
Music for the podcast included two songs by Lee Rosevear, including Let That Sink In and New Day. These songs were found at freemusicarchive.org and were cut and faded throughout the podcast. Many thanks to Amy Hertzberg for her willingness to be interviewed today. I really appreciated getting the chance to have her on and talk about what she's doing in her library this year. This year we have a website where we're trying to gather um, different resources and links that we talk about in each episode. So if you like, you can find us at sites.google.com slash view slash checked in podcast. That's sites.google.com slash view slash checked in podcast. Um, the site's created on Google Sites, so that's why it's got the weird URL. But I will be tweeting it out and pushing it out multiple times on social media so you can find it there as well. Um, and that's where we'll kind of try to keep some of the resources that we talk about together as we uh, as we go through these interviews throughout the course of the year. Thanks once again, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>